0: Empire Sports storytelling has a spot in the modern content world
1: There being a demand on the consumer side to get into this, to watch, to understand, engage socially and otherwise around it uh, it's created, you know, in a lot of ways, um, you know, we look back to some of our projections a few years ago and for the market and expansion, it's gone far faster than, than any of us thought.
0: That's Amit Sankaran, CEO of the content production company Religion of Sports, where long-form stories still do have homes and thrive. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. In a very busy content ecosystem, long-form storytelling is getting rarer and rarer, but those dedicated to having stories told with the access to produce ones that will generate interest, they remain of high value. Religion of sports has that access, with Tom Brady and Michael Strahan among its founding members. Combine that with a viewpoint that sports is more than just games through the lens of others who have a background in spirituality, and you have a platform that is appealing for a variety of reasons. Our guest this week is Amit Sankaran, who is the CEO of Religion of Sports, which you'll know from a number of their content offerings, like Man in the Arena, with the recently retired Tom Brady, and other forms of storytelling out in the new space in sports content. Hey Amit, how are you?
1: Good, good. Good to be here. How are you?
0: Great. Um, Give me a little bit of the background. I know this a little bit before our listeners. Um, This is co-founded by Tom Brady. Michael Strahan is involved in the unit as well. Give me a little bit of the background of religion of sports.
1: Yeah, so my business partner, Gotham Chopra, is really, he's kind of at the center of all of this. His dad's Deepak Chopra, and he's grown up in the world of spirituality, but he's a massive sports fan, as am I, as of course Tom and Michael were growing up as well. And, you know, the thing he would always tell his dad is everything you talk about in the world of spirituality, I live and breathe and feel in sports. And that was where the the nugget was planted in an early age. And, you know, fast forward 20 years later, he's been a content creator. He made Kobe Bryant's movie Muse. And after that, kind of, you know, stepped back, looked at the market and said, look, there's got to be more here than making one-off shows. Uh, Had gotten to know Tom and Michael and both of them uh, very much, you know, obviously are massive Sports stars in their own rights, um, but resonated with the concept. Resonated with sports had given them much more than they've, you know, uh, they've ever imagined, and they can deliver a lot to their kids and to others. And so that's what the where the inspiration for the company was born. And so um, I joined the team at the very beginning, uh, a little over four years ago, and we've expanded um, as you alluded to to create content of different types, starting from the documentary and the unscripted world, but now expanded to audio and scripted in other areas as well.
0: For for Gotham and his thought process behind this, did he expect to create things that intertwined spirituality with sports or was he just looking for good stories?
1: I think he's a storyteller at heart. I think he, um, there wasn't an intention to intertwine spirituality, but I think what happens is for there to be a good story when it's usually around what we found was a good story when it's usually around the central athlete or even a team or a community, you have to get underneath what's happening on the field. And usually that brings in a very human element. And we always talk about that, you know, it's much more interesting when it's not about like workouts or, or, or nutrition regimen, but really gets into mental, what 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 drives this person or this team to greatness? What's underneath it all? Why are they doing this? Um, because that's what becomes very relatable. And, um, and, and you know, we hope people can take things away from it.
0: Um, If I remember correctly, you guys did produce Tom versus time. Is that right? the the Facebook Mm -hmm. series with Tom Brady before he had left New England. And if I remember right, it might've been his last year, ultimately his last year playing for the Patriots or close to it. And it got into exactly, I think what you're talking about with the elements of obviously he's into nutrition and fitness as well. Um, But you got to see him in a very, very different way. And I think the object was right to get into the brain of Tom Brady. Why is he so great?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, we've done that with, so with Tom Brady, with uh, that Facebook series, we did with Stephen Curry as well, with Stephen versus the game, and then Simone Biles and Simone versus himself. And the same thing, to your point, happens in all of them, which is you kind of know the person, so you know Tom on the field. Um, now let's show you what he's like off, but more than you know, his dynamic with his family, What's driving him? How does he at 40 at the time, the time versus time, family and kids and a demanding job? And, uh, what does balance mean to him? How has that changed? I think those are all things that we all relate to. We're in similar situations, you know, very, very different, um, but, but very similar in terms of, of introspection. Simone Biles, through our content with her, it was very much heading to the Olympics and then dealing with the mental struggles she dealt with being in isolation without her family. Um, across the world, uh, how is she dealing with that? What is she feeling? And that's that's something that resonated with a lot of people. And again, hopefully she and others, uh, we all believe helped, helped others, felt things similar.
0: Okay, so that's some of the content offerings that are there. Let's talk broadly about content itself. Where do you see, and obviously you guys are into long form storytelling with major sports stars attached to it. Um, we're in a different world where people are consuming things very differently. How do you think through long-form storytelling in the modern sports content ecosystem?
1: Yeah, it's a great question because I think it's evolved very, very fast uh, in the last few years. I think um, with the proliferation of these streamers, with Netflix, with Amazon, with Apple, with everyone else uh, showing interest. And then, you know, more importantly, there being a demand on the consumer side to get into this, to watch, to understand, to engage socially and otherwise around it. Uh, it's created, you know. in a lot of ways, um, you know, we look back to some of our projections a few years ago and for the market and expansion, this has gone far faster than any of us thought, which is great. Uh, I think it creates new opportunities on one hand, which is who are other athletes? What are other stories? How do we think about similar themes outside of sports? How do we think about team, telling stories around teams or towns or leagues and other things, which is huge and expansive and amazing. And then I think on the flip side, it also cr- has created for us a bigger challenge around, you know, the networks are continuing to look for what is going to cut through the bar to cut through the noise, given all the content that's out there. It keeps going higher and higher and higher. And so, you know, we all know, we see on Netflix, for example, what are the top 10 things and how fast they iterate through inside of a few weeks. And what it yeah. takes to actually stick around for a long period of time is something that really delivers on the story side on the, uh, from, to create, you know, to, to land in the broader zeitgeist. By the way, it's not just true to your point on longer form storytelling and video, we're seeing in audio too. And um, I think those, that, that's some of you know, stepping back. Of course, we can dive deeper, but if we look at the market, we see massive opportunity. We have a ton of inbound because of our credibility and a lot of great conversations that, that works. And then our creative team, we look at each other and keep saying we have to keep leveling up because <laughs> the bar keeps going up.
0: Yeah. So what you're seeing is, a demand you're not just filling a void but you're seeing a demand for this because i think that's the bigger question when you think about how are modern sports fans who may be interested in these stories how are they consuming it and there are some like uh like myself who's been in linear media for 25 30 years watching this going man everything's on tiktok now what happened to the 30 for 30 series what happened to all to all of the great storytelling that was told in and around sports but you're seeing it
1: yeah, we're seeing it. I mean, look, there's there's an entire other conversation which I'm sure you've had with people who are a lot smarter than me on the topic around what's happening in TikTok and all of the different um, social apps in terms of content and growth and and why and how is that driven uh, demand away from some linear programming? What we see on our side is what it what it does is it continues again to raise the bar for being relevant in longer form. Um, and you know, again, if you think about who are the athletes, take just athletes as a category. Who are the athletes that have stood out um, in these longer form series? It's not surprising that it's Tom Brady, it's Michael Jordan, yeah. it's Steph Curry. I mean, it's the top of the top because there's actually creates an ability to kind of the lightning rod for 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 many other things and challenge. And this has been a challenge here when you, laid back for, for for dozens of years um, with kind of the next year. So, how what is the story that makes that next year athlete or next year talent relevant to the world? How can that person become, you know, uh, relevant through storytelling. I think that's a challenge that we take on as well. um, as we talk to athletes across the spectrum.
0: Okay. Let's talk about a couple other broad things. Um, and I think you guys may be involved in some of this, but branding, including NFTs, are you all kind of leaping into that realm with the athletes and the brands that you're working with?
1: Yeah. Tom has a, has is co-founder of another company called Autograph. Which is a, uh, which is an NFT platform for talent broadly and athletes are definitely a central part of that. And we've done a couple of things as a partner with, uh, Tom and with Autograph where we, do, we create some of the content, both graphic and otherwise uh, around the athlete or the talent. Um, uh, we collaborate with Autograph to actually create the NFTs and then, um, and then we participate uh, with them in, in some of the upside, both near and long term. I think we, we view it as, you know, we're not going to try to build a technology platform, mm-hmm. but we try to say, well, where where's our strength? Where's our competitive advantage? And if this is an interesting new market that seems to be growing, how can we be creative to that? How do we help on either the graphic side to level something up in a new way? Or how do we help with different storytelling to bring that to life in a, in a big way?
0: Guys, if you're looking for that extra confidence, when it's time to have a little bit of fun, Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service. It delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable form and it's at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets will help you combat all forms of ED. Plus, it's an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is really simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days, and the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers are gonna work with you to find the right ingredient and the strength for your personal subscription. Plus, their tablets are made in the United States. They prepare, they ship direct, and it's so much cheaper than going through a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code FUTURE, F-U-T-R, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code FUTURE, F-U-T-R, to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for being a sponsor of this show. How about name, image, and likeness? is that of interest to religion of sports and athletes that are emerging and maybe are looking to build their brand
1: yeah absolutely i mean look at uh tom again um you know strahan with his company smack has done many deals in this space and expanding and you know it's going it's going really fast to in the college arena now i think um for us again it goes back to what's the core better advantage we're so you you, you alluded to branding we, uh, we work with brands, but we try to do so in a way that's, again, aligned with our, our strengths. So we try to tell stories, just do so with brands. We've launched something I can't announce yet, but with a brand, we're building basically three twenty-two 22-minute film, uh, films with them. And it's about um, you know, apparel, and it's, the apparel is integrated, but it's really about storytelling, and they want to be behind the same movement that we're telling the story around. And so I think that's the way we uh, enter. We started talking to a few athletes about NIL as well is how do you think about what you want to do as an athlete more broadly why you're here what you want to accomplish and how can storytelling help achieve it and can we make make create a deal a structure a story um that helps you get there
0: yeah so you guys have worked directly with, with tom and he's done a couple of series now where he's giving you insight to his daily life and you're working with others have you found that teams or leagues want to talk to you about recapturing their story and and their brand Um, there was a period of time where they controlled their messaging. Um, As we've detailed here, there is a mountain of content and a mountain of opinions and brands can change significantly through social media. Has anyone like that come to you to try to retell the story of this league, this team?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting question or the point you're bringing up or alluding to. Um, So one, I'll say yes, we have, we um, done a few things, uh, have a couple in the works and a couple we can reference. We did this, um, Set of three films, actually, with collaboration with uh, Spring Hill and LeBron's company called Shut Up and Dribble, which was on Showtime. Yeah. And it kind of went back 50 years and, 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 and retold the story of NBA from through the context of social change and how it's NBA in a lot of ways, not just today, not just when LeBron at the time was battling president, but going back even to Bill Russell in, in those days and talked about the parallels. Um, but to answer your question directly, it's really interesting what you see from you know, where you see this disconnect almost between networks and brands. And when you say brands, it could be, you know, Nike's of the world, or it could be the NBA or the NFL and so forth is controlling the narrative. Right. And so, and so the, the networks, obviously we have built a great relationship with them because we are able to both work with our partners and a lot of cases, athletes, in some cases, brands and others to pull out the, you know, truth, the authentic story, uh, but do so in a collaborative way, and in a way that still is—you know—the networks are proud of the story we're telling. We're not filtering it, and I think that's what—that's to your point. Where there's where there's been a continued disconnect or, or challenge is how do how do you create a bridge where the brands, uh, in these cases, you know, the NBA, the NFL, and others are willing to tell authentic stories um, and, and be as unfiltered as possible, uh, and the networks are able to receive that. And I think we're actually in a very unique position to play that role, where we have trust on both sides um and so yes i think the answer to your question is yes we're, we're talking to leagues or teams like that and that's but that's usually the essence of the question it's not is there an amazing story about this team i mean it was just announced or if you saw it but the patriots right the dynasty yeah. uh, shows on apple plus it's not like that story is not super compelling the actual complication becomes in how do you tell it and how does everyone get excited about it whether it's Mr. Kraft uh, and, the, and the Patriots ownership or the NFL or, or Apple. And how do you bring all those elements together in a way that creates the best product that everyone's of.
0: Uh, it does beg the question, like, is it even possible to control the narrative anymore? I mean, as we're sitting here taping today, Um, And by the time you hear this interview, there will be settlement in exactly what Aaron Rodgers meant by a post that he put on Instagram this morning, where if you read it one way, it sounds like he's retiring. And if you read it another way, it sounds like he might be coming back and just saying, thank you for a great year. But we're still uncertain at this point. He's trying to capture his narrative back. And he has spent an entire year explaining himself over and over and over and over. It's it seems like it's an almost a near impossibility if you are of a certain level who's willing to be out there to control your story.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, uh, when you, you alluded to Tom versus Simon, then when Tom wasn't really on social media. Uh, and, and we used to talk about how it creates actually an interesting competitive advantage in the world because this was, you came to Tom versus time to learn about it. And now he's on, he's done, you know, by many objective accounts, a great job of being witty and funny and so forth. But there's a downside to that as well, because now you're always on and there's an expectation that you're engaging. There's an expectation that you're able to, to your point, you're able to square, you know, wait, you posted that on Twitter. But then I watched this on Mandarita and then I read this, this article. How do those all, those seem that there's a disconnect. And so. It's sort of, you know, it's the broader Hollywood issue, but he's back in the world. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers is an interesting one to your point. I mean, he's taken to um, not only social media, but then podcasts, right? That he's gone on that have, and, and you know this really well, people can pull slices out of podcasts Correct. take things out of context. And it becomes very difficult to then defend. And either you're always defending or you, you know, decide you're going to take a shot at controlling it when you can. It's really hard.
0: Or in a lot of cases, not out of context, but they didn't like what they said (laughs) and seemed to try to defend themselves, even though it wasn't taken out of context. You know what I mean? I mean, (laughs) it's been a very tricky, we're in a tricky space right now. Yeah, we really are. That's true too. Yeah. That's Uh, true
1: too. I mean, with people like that in moments, like you can have, you can have, uh, you know, something to your point like that, like a post from this morning can create massive energy out of nowhere. Yeah.
0: You really can. Um, if you can give me a sense of the direction of the company, what are you guys thinking? Do you do you want to have an OTT that's religion of sports? Do you want to be intertwined with a major network? How do you kind of see the future of what you're doing?
1: Yeah, you know, look, I, I think the um, uh, at the beginning there was an intention or a question of uh, the things you alluded to OTT um, uh, integration, strategic, and so forth. What we found is again this been intersection between growth in the market across multiple platforms. And a demand for what we're doing and um, our brand has become more and more relevant to athletes to networks to leagues to other brands and so forth and so our goal is to continue to push that further and so right now we're working with almost every major network and, and have two projects internationally as well and so our goal is to continue to push that so that you know we have you know in the, in the teens in terms of productions that are ongoing we want that to be 20s and 30s in the next few years and you know, proliferate that brand further and further across multiple networks. And there's a version now that didn't exist maybe three or or four years ago, even um, where that is a viable and almost in demand business. I don't know how much you've seen outside sports, but, you know, for example, the latest version of candle media and um, Kevin Mayer and Tom Staggs and, Blackstone putting several billion dollars to work to try to have them aggregate a bunch of content players together yeah. to, again, deliver that to be an arms dealer, for lack of a better term, to the Apples and Amazons and so forth. And, and we believe, um, as many other in the market, that we're in a moment that we kind of need to scale really fast and do that so that you can keep up with a lot of what's happening. So that's our goal.
0: I don't think Gotham Chopra could work with an arms dealer. We're going to we're gonna have to change that terminology a little bit. <laughs>
1: I'll change change the analogy. It's a good challenge. You've got any suggestions. Let me know. I'll let you know.
0: (laughs) Come up with a different analogy. Two things I'll let you go. Um, Are you all interested now, and I'm asking this based off of the success of the Manning cast and because of the access that you all have to the superstars that you have, are you all into live at this point? Is that something that religion of sports is thinking about?
1: No live but i think what we're into is um trying to find ways that break break us into new formats um there's two or three things we've got in development right now that we're excited about that um will maintain kind of our the nature of our storytelling and, and our ethos and brand but will allow us to extend into faster turns and different formats um and so definitely on that front but i, I saw yeah that, that is brilliant manicats are brilliant and i don't know if you saw announcement with Shaq and Barkley as well. And so I think, I think that there is definitely a trend there and, 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 uh, and uh, I applaud, I applaud what they have innovated around.
0: All right. Last thing. What is the working title of Tom Brady's return to the NFL this fall? Do we have a working title?
1: <laughs> <laughs> working title. We'll leave it at that. I mean, uh, you, you know, as much as us, to be honest. At this moment, but, uh, I doubt that, but that's okay. Yeah, that's Okay. <laughs>
0: Amit Sakharad is the CEO of Religion of Sports. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks, friend. Appreciate it.
0: On the next Future Sport podcast, the tent is widening for those looking to find gold in the NFT space. And minting and selling of NFTs as digital assets as tokens as keys to
1: unlocking some sort of experience. And we've seen a lot of success in this in a collectibles model to start. But now we're beginning to see the next
0: generation of these digital tokens as opportunities to not only own something, but grant access to participation in some type of community that is emerging around these existing
1: brand teams leagues.
0: That's Matt Wurst, the CMO of Mint, who is working with brands and leagues to lower the barrier for entry into the digital asset space. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport
1: Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.